whenever you have a chance to look at those and check them out, that's go, they always go to a good cause. Um, so t-shirts for sale in the back. Also, Betty's Bunch is starting back June 11th at 9.30 a.m. June 11th at 9.30 a.m. So if you'd like to be a part of that, um, we will have youth and children's choir tonight at 6. I know last week we didn't have either of those, but tonight we will have youth and children's choir. Also, um, Miss Terry Stubbs is in children's church this morning, but she has teaching materials for VBS. She's right there. So if you need to pick up your teaching material for VBS, please see her this morning. Let's see, youth camp is coming up quickly. Um, it's going to be July 16th through the 20th. Um, cost is $200 per student, and a $50 deposit is due by June 24th. If you have any more questions, you can see me. Um, also, you know, Vacation Bible School is quickly approaching, and they need help with VBS nursery volunteers. So if you'd like to volunteer to be in the nursery during VBS, uh, see Erica or Teresa Pate. Rock Ridge Children's Camp is June 25th through the 28th. Camp Wilds is July 23rd through the 28th. And then our Glenlock Sports Camp for, um, for ages five and up is going to be July 30th through August 1st. And that's $20 per person, which includes lunch and camp t-shirt. I think that's all that we have for announcements this morning. I'm going to ask Mr. Terry Harper to come up and read our call to worship. Thank you, Bryson. We're going to be reading from the fifth chapter of Romans uh, uh, through the verses 1 through uh, 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And I believe that God wants us to rejoice in that at all times. Verse 3, And not that only, uh, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in, in our gift in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we should accept that gift, believe in that gift, act on that gift, and realize it is, has been given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we do so, so thankful, God, that, that you have blessed us in so many ways. Thank you, God, for the privilege of being a Christian. Thank you, God, that you've made it possible for us to choose an eternity with you by accepting the greatest gift of all, your life, God, and exchange, as the word says, a propitiation for our sin, a substitute. God, we, we thank you that this morning we can call upon you and know that you're there. And thank you, God, that we can depend on you and live every day knowing that you're there with us and that you are for us and that if we will depend on you, God, we can have all that you have prepared for us. In Christ's name, amen. 
Good morning. If you'll stand with us, we're going to start by singing Come Thou Fount this morning. this morning. We're going to sing I Love You, Lord, um, and at the end we're going to tag on um, I Exalt Thee. this morning one more time. I love 
Gracious Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this time of worship, Lord. Um, thank you for the reminded, um, for reminding us this morning of your sweet blessings, God. And Lord, just how much you love us, Lord, and that really all we can do is exalt you, God, because we can never do anything to repay you <clears throat> or fully express all that you've done for us, Lord. God, I pray as we continue to worship this morning, Lord, that you will just have your way in this service, and that you'll open hearts and clear minds, God. And Lord, we just pray for Bryson as he brings the message this morning, Lord. Um, and we just thank you um, just for this body of believers in here, God, um, that love one another and love to, love to love you, God. Lord, we just pray that you continue to be with us during this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're actually going to go ahead and sing one more song together. We're going to sing Great Are You, Lord. Um, if you look at the bulletin, it said a special, and so I will take this real quick second to say in the summer we love to have specials um, but you don't want to hear me sing a special every week because I don't have that many um, so we need people you know who if you have a song on your heart to sing I'll be happy to help you with it or we can get somebody to play it or I can get you the music but we'd love to have specials during the summer so if that's something on your heart um, please let me know and we'd love to have you sing a special one week and choir will meet this afternoon at five to schedule out our summer so it's really important for all choir members to be here this afternoon and anybody else who wants to sing in the choir this summer um, it's a little um, little different in the summer so we would love to have you will you sing with us together <laughs>
Those who are headed to Children's Church this morning are dismissed. What a privilege it is to be able to worship God. So many times I feel like in my own life I take for granted the blessing it is just to be able to worship. And so as we sang this morning, I was excited with the songs that we had selected and, and the words that they, that they had, that they'll be written on our hearts, that we really believe and truly believe that, that the breath in our lungs is, is for the Lord. It's from the Lord and it's for the Lord. And so what a great time of worship that we had this morning. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Um, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, 3 through 9 this morning. And what we're going to be talking about is hope. Um, this, this week, as I was preparing and seeking for, for what the Lord wanted for this morning, um, I caught myself aimlessly scrolling through social media, which I do too often. Um, and in that, I don't know, I don't know how, if everybody knows this or not, but I'm a big Kentucky sports fan so the University of Kentucky is the school I root for and everything and but of course mostly basketball because football season comes around and I kind of hide um, but during basketball season I, I enjoy watching Kentucky basketball and so I was scrolling through my social media and I, I saw that it popped up that it, one of the Kentucky players was returning for next year you know he had the chance to go or he had the chance to stay and he returned and I verbally shouted yes in my, you know, in, in my house by myself, I verbally expressed enjoyment and hope in this 19-year-old kid that, I, that I've never met before and who will never meet me, who doesn't even know my name. And I'm not saying to put hope into a sports team is a bad thing, but when I get more excited about the hope that I have in Kentucky basketball than the hope that I have in the Lord, that's when there seems to be an issue. And so that's where the Lord pointed me this morning is, listen, your hope is in me. It's not in anything this world can provide, and that's what we're going to read about this morning in 1 Peter. So 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are, the, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you humbly. We ask for your, your guidance this morning, Lord. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds, Lord, to, to your words and that we grasp onto this, to this scripture, Lord, and that 
as I, as I speak this morning, Lord, that it will be just getting me out of the way and just what you want, what you want to say this morning. I thank you for this group of believers and the love that they have for each other, but most of all for the love that they have for you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. Where do we put our hope? Um, as I was making a list of just different things I see in the world where people put their hope, it's, it's a wide variety of responses. You know, many times we, we see people put their hope in friends, in jobs, in careers, in education, in politicians, in sports teams. We believe many times that these different aspects of our life will never let us down. You know, we take all that we have and put it into something of this world. I, I've been one to, to do this before. But what Peter tells us here in 1 Peter is that there is one thing that will never let us down. There is one thing that gives us hope everlasting. There is one certainty, and that is in Jesus Christ. He is our true and our living hope. And so I have three, three different parts that I saw as I read through 1 Peter this morning that we're going to talk about. And the first is hope rooted in a risen Savior. Hope rooted in a risen Savior. In verses 3 through 5, Peter explains that our hope is from Jesus, who died for us and was resurrected from the dead. And through all that he has given us, who have faith in him, new life. He has given us new birth into a living hope. And only through the resurrection of Jesus Christ are we able to have that hope. This means that this hope is nothing, has nothing to do with me or with you, but has only to do with the mercy and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. He has given us the opportunity to have a new life through our faith in a risen Savior. And without faith in Jesus, there is no true and living hope. The world would disagree with this claim. They would say that it is not a necessity to have Jesus a part of your life in order to have hope. As we spoke about a little bit before, the world many times pushes us to our hope in ourselves. It pushes us to an inward aim. It is a continuous push from every angle, telling me that I can do anything I put my mind to. That I should have supreme confidence in my own ability. That I can do all things through my own strength. But what I read in 1 Peter and what I read throughout the rest of the Bible is that it's not about what Bryson can do. It's only about what God can do through Bryson. Not many commercials nowadays, and I've talked about this before, point us to a, a humble spirit. They point us to a, a, a spirit of pride. But what Peter says here and what Paul says in Ephesians 2 is that I was dead in my sins and transgressions. I followed the ways of the world. I couldn't overcome my own sin, and that leads to a long road of hopelessness. I was the worst of sinners, but because of God's great love and mercy, he sent Jesus while we were still dead and made us alive with Christ. I have nothing, I have no hope without the grace I've received from God through Jesus. New birth, death to life, that is where my hope is restored. When I was getting ready to 
to, to go through this message, I felt like I was really repeating myself a lot. And I think most of the youth would say I do that anyway. Is everybody shaking their head yes? But I think the reason that I repeat myself a lot is because it takes me about ten times to truly understand something. And if it's important enough, it has to be repeated. This is something that we have to look to day by day because the world's not doing us any favors in terms of pushing us towards Jesus, pushing us to the hope that we have in him. We are to get into his word. We are to be restored by him each day because, because it's only in him that we have this hope. This hope is not something that I did, but it is a hope that God has given me. This hope comes from a full surrender of myself to the plan and power of Jesus. The only hope I possess comes from the fact that I have, a, I have faith in a God who loves me and a Savior who died for me so that I could be made alive. And he will be with me until he returns or until he calls me home. This hope is not wishful thinking. This isn't a hope where we say, I hope it won't rain tomorrow. I hope that the Braves will win. Those things are an uncertain hope. This hope is a confident expectation in the fulfillment of the promises of God. It is a hope in the, in the assurance that I have a resurrected Savior. And he has allowed me to be born again so that through my faith I can truly have a grasp of his living hope. This isn't, this isn't something where it's an uncertain thing. We have hope because in Jesus, he's going to keep the promises of God. We have hope because of through the turmoil that we go through, he has promised to be with us every step of the way. This is why Peter begins the section saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he knows, he understands the hopelessness that we would have without Jesus. God has given us hope so that he will receive our praise. And this hope is anchored in the certainty of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. That is where we find hope. The hope that we've been given as Christians is rooted in a, in a risen Savior. Now the second section that I saw in, in 1 Peter is hope through hardship. Hope through hardship. Peter describes the hope that we have as a living hope. And nothing that this world can throw at us can take away this hope that we have. It can seem at times that the hope we put in the things of this world can be easily taken away. Like I've talked about before with the sports teams, it doesn't take very long for my hope to diminish in, in the Braves. They lose one game last night, and I'm like, oh, they're, they're done for the rest of the season. You know, we're never going to win again. You know, we lose a job, we lose a friend, we lose a loved one. The things we thought would never fail us all of a sudden do. But our hope in Jesus cannot be taken away. He has already done the work, and he has the victory. There are trials that we go through, but we go through these trials so that the proven genuineness of our faith may bring honor and glory to God. 
Our sustained faith through hardships brings honor to God and builds up our hope in him. In John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We have our hope in a risen Savior in Jesus Christ that has already overcome the world. So what can the world throw at me that can take away that hope? Nothing. It is established and it is rooted in a Savior who has overcome the world. There's nothing greater than Jesus in this world. There's nothing stronger than Jesus in this world. There's nothing more powerful than Jesus in this world. There's nothing more glorious than Jesus in this world. What can the world threaten me with? Persecution? Jesus has overcome persecution. Sin? Jesus gives us freedom over sin. Death? Jesus has overcome death. And so when my eyes and my heart are set on the hope that I have in Jesus Christ, there is nothing in this world that can shake that. I love what we read in Romans chapter 5. I'm going to turn there real quick, but Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love this passage. It confirms what we've talked about and read so far, that we can be content in our suffering because we know that our hope is fixated in the glory of God. He is bringing us through hardship closer to him. He is making us more reliant on him and that builds up our faith and that builds up our hope so that it's an ever an ever building process. That hope cannot be removed by anyone or anything. In these hardships and trials, it is not about relying on our own strength, but relying on the hope that we have in Jesus. Philippians 4.13, that's what that passage is truly saying. Paul is saying that in any circumstance, we can be content because we know that Jesus provides. He provides his strength. It's when, when we get to the end of ourselves, that is where our hope is at the end of the old self and at at the beginning of the new birth that Jesus has given me his power working in me God has already provided us with what we need when difficult times come our way one of the most notable passages of scripture in the New Testament is in Ephesians chapter 6 and it talks about the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6 Chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, 
the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now what I love about that passage is it's everything that comes into, comes into that passage is given to us, right? I didn't find my own gospel of peace. I don't have my own belt of truth, my own breastplate of righteousness, my own helmet of salvation, my own sword of the Spirit. These are not things that I created and I can use to defend myself. These are things that are only given to us from God. He's provided everything we need in times of temptation, in times of hardship. When the devil's schemes are trying to work through our lives, it's him who has provided for us. That's why we have hope, because we already know that we have a God who loves us so much that he's given us a Savior, and he's given us his word, and he's given us his spirit, so that in times of hardship we can overcome, not through our own strength, but through the strength of him and his provision. I was listening to a sermon online about this this passage of scripture, and they had an illustration of a man who was in a hospital and he was terminally ill with brain cancer. This was someone that, that the pastor knew. And he received treatment most of the day, and the treatment was harsh. Oh, I lost my page. Sorry. Uh-oh. Anyway, the treatment was hard. And so each day they were caring for him, and they were they were struck by how joyous he was in this hardship. They were so taken aback by his level of hope in a seemingly hopeless place that a nurse wrote on his chart as a critical comment that Mr. X this morning is inappropriately joyful. That's what they put on his chart at the hospital, that he was inappropriately joyful. Now, the secular mind looks at that man and says... How can you have any joy? Where is your hope coming from, Mr. X? You are in a hospital, terminally ill. Each day, these, these treatments that you're receiving are, are making things worse and worse. The secular mind can't understand the hope in a risen Savior. And say, how, how could it be a beautiful day? How could you have had a good night? You're dying. But he knows that through his trial, he is being strengthened by the spirit of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And he has in his heart the hope of a risen Savior. There was a song that my dad sang many times at at the church over at Whitesburg. Um, And so I looked up the lyrics to the song because I I, I love the song itself. and And I read the story behind the man who wrote the lyrics. And in his life... The year that he wrote this song, he was going through a lot of different things. His wife was ill. Um, the, the church that, that he had started was splitting, um, and he was resigning as the pastor. His father had passed away that year, and then in the same year, his, his wife had had their third miscarriage. These had all happened in the same year. And he said, I just went to my piano and I started playing and all of a sudden I had this 10-minute song 
And I'm just going to read you the chorus of what he, of what he said. And the, the chorus goes, The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. And the anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I have fallen on my knees as I face the raging seas, but the anchor holds in spite of the storm. And that's what we're talking about this morning, is when the world comes at you, and it seems like you have no hope left, it seems like there's nothing else that you can do, the anchor of Jesus Christ holds. There's nothing that that storm can do to break away the anchor of the hope that we have in Jesus. And I, so I, I love the words of that song, that no matter what's happening to the rest of the boat, the anchor, it holds. And so I hope that's the peace and the joy that you have when, when things don't seem to go your way in this world, is that you know that there's an anchor that does not break away. There's a Savior who will not leave your side. He's given you a spirit that will not, will not go away. Hold on to the anchor, the hope in Jesus. And now finally, the third section that we're going to talk about is an eternal hope, an eternal hope. This hope that is rooted in Jesus Christ and his resurrection, this is a hope that gives us joy and certainty in uncertain times. Verse 8 and 9 say that the hope we have goes far beyond what we can simply see. We cannot see Jesus, but we love him. We have not touched the wounds of his hands and feet, yet we believe in him. And we cannot see the future, yet we have eternal hope. The hope that we possess is the end result of our faith, the salvation of our souls. God has reserved for those that have been born again an inheritance in heaven that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So not only do we have hope because of what Jesus did in the past, but because of what he has in store for us in the future. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 says, Therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What is that passage of scripture saying? It's saying that the comparison is not even close. The comparison to the greatest thing in this world is not even in the same stratosphere as eternal life with Jesus Christ. It's nowhere near. The greatest thing that you can think of on this earth fails in comparison to what Jesus has in store for us in heaven. Do we understand that? Do we, do we grasp on to that hope? The hope of something better to come because we look around in the world today and we, gotta, we think and we got to believe and we have hope in that there's got to be something better than what we see and what we go through right now now I brought my the whiteboard over from the youth building I use the whiteboard a lot when I'm with the youth and I asked Brooke this morning I said how do you think people will, will respond to the whiteboard and she said oh, I think they'll be okay with it so that was enough confidence for me now I used this illustration last week with the youth 
And so for some of you way back in the back, it may be kind of hard to see it simply because it's so extravagant that you may not be able to understand exactly what it is. So just give me a second. All right, that's it. So you may not be able to see this, but there's a little dot up here in the the corner of this whiteboard. Now, this is an illustration that my dad has used before. But what that dot represents is life on this earth. This little dot right here. And what this whiteboard represents is eternal life. Now, what I want us to get from this is how insignificant this life is compared to the eternal Because all of a sudden, that can be so easily wiped away. But eternal life stays. It lasts forever and ever. So where is our hope? Is it in something that can be so easily taken away? So so minuscule, so, so easily wiped? Or is it in the eternal, the fixed, the forever of, of hope in Jesus Christ? I know that was maybe that may be a little hard to understand. But that's, that's, you don't want me to draw anything else, I promise. I'm not artistic. But the, it helped me to, to have a visual of that. That is what the scriptures say. That this life is here one day and gone the next. But eternity, eternity with your Savior. Eternity with people who believe. Other believers who we can sing and worship all the time and praise our Savior. That is where I put my hope. And so the hope that we have as we finish is threefold. It is in the past, it is in the present, and it is in the future. It is anchored in the past, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It is with us in the present through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And it points us to a glorious future an eternity with Jesus in heaven. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, and never fade. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we we thank you for your word. Lord, we just, uh, we pray that that what we read this morning will be, will be on our minds and, and on our hearts, Lord, and that we'll, we'll truly embrace the hope that you have for us in our new birth, Lord, that if there's anyone in here, Lord, that doesn't know you, has never experienced that, Lord, that they be stirred, that you draw them to yourself. Lord, I thank you for, for your love and your grace, and I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Will you stand as we sing Jesus Faded All for our invitation this morning? in me.
ushers come forward for offering. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, and we just thank you for the, the, the message that was brought today and the fact that we have hope. And every day when we awake, we just open our eyes and we see hopes for that day and for the hopes for the blessings that you will give us. And Father, as you have blessed us and have blessed us with many different things, Father, we know that all the blessings that in accordance to your word, we are to pay back to, to keep your temple and to keep your house open so that it will continue to bring these words of hope and, and just the blessings that uh, we need to show up to you each day, Father. And at this time, we just ask that uh, everybody open their hearts and that they're able to give back to you as much as you have blessed them with, Father, because of uh, you know in their hearts that uh, every blessing is given from the heart and is given with love, Father. And we just lay this aside to continue to do your work, Father. This we ask in your precious name. Amen.
Um, in Acts chapter 16, it talks about Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas are on a road, and, and, and the people of the town, they, they don't like what they did. They drove out a demon, and, and so they beat them and flogged them and, and put them in prison. And then the, in verse 20, I believe, it says, And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praising and singing hymns to God. What a powerful message of a hope that is rooted in a risen Savior. Amen. I hope that one day that I can, all of my hope, that I can be singing and praising God in prison. Amen. Miss Betty Keaton actually wanted to come up real quick and just share a little bit about our um, quilting ministry. And then after that, we'll sing Family of God as our benediction. better for me standing here and up those steps too well. I just want to say what we're trying to do this summer is anyone that's interested in learning how to make a quilt from the beginning or some of us that know how already are going to try to teach it. So if you're interested uh, to see me or Lane or any other that's in WMU will give you a little more details. But we'll be doing it um, you know, through pretty much all summer. So at um, like 9.30 on Monday morning, come to my house and bring a snack for lunch and we'll just have a party. And, and if you, uh, what we're going to try to do is to teach you to do hand quilting, hand sewing. And, but we're going to use the machines and some of us have some of the materials. But um, I'll try to get you a little more details next week. I'll make some copies of stuff and kind of if you want have scraps or something that's a coordinated colors uh, in yardage or two, maybe one to two yards, just bring them and we'll go from there and hope to see all of you and we'll have a good time. Thank you. We're just going to sing an acapella this morning. I'm so, so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. 
afternoon.